This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front to Orr, shot, scores! Ray Bork. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for episode 48 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company. If you're in the market for some one-of-a-kind Boston sports designs, please go to NortheastBeast.com and enter special listener promo code black and gold for 15% off future orders. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to help cut the cost of running our our podcast and website, please go to blackandgoldhockeyblog.com and click on the Amazon banner to the right of the screen. We would definitely appreciate the support. Uh, Rob, how are we doing today? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. I had a good week. Uh, some, Some ups and downs for the bees. Uh, and I actually, I actually got to play some hockey yesterday. Yeah, I I saw them pictures with that uh, goatee. You're definitely looking like a NHL enforcer out there. That's what a lot of people said. I I like that. (laughs) But I, 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 uh, I, McGratton look. Yeah, I had the McGratton look. I I played pretty good. I I got some shots off. I hit the post twice. Um, I didn't get any points though, which you know, oh well. Hopefully next year if I get invited back. Yeah, I had a game yesterday as well. Um, I didn't get any points, but I'm in net, so I can't <laughs> expect that. Although I, I did claim, I did claim an own goal, so technically I had a goal. Cena claimed it, so you didn't so bust. Good. You didn't bust out the Mike Smith and fire it down on that. Oh no, I didn't get any chances to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not this game, right? All right. Well, we have a pretty exciting um, show lined up for you. Um, but uh, first and foremost, uh, as I've been talking about all week and um, hyping it up in the past two days, uh, I'd like to welcome Court Lalonde as a intern. I was going to say permanent, but we're going to do intern for now. And uh, Court is a writer at the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. 
and uh, he's been dropping some knowledge on some previous podcasts, uh, joining us as a guest, but we welcome to the team, Court. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. How does the intern label feel? You got to do what you got to do sometimes. I'm I'm not going to hold it against you. You know what I was trying to do? I was trying to get some um, some audio of um, picture flashes. And I was actually going to say, you know, a, a press conference. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we, I was thinking about it to, just to let you in. But I was going to take advantage of what the Bruins did to the Patriots on that day. And I was going to say, <laughs> we just want to have, a, um, you know, a press conference while the Patriots are enjoying their off season. And uh, welcome in Court Lalonde to the team. So welcome, Court, buddy. I'm excited to have you. Excited to be part of it. Awesome to have you back again and have you going full time with this. So thanks, guys. Good. Absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's just start off like we always do. Um, talk about the Bruins last week. Uh, they did not start off well in the three games that they played last last week, starting off with Ottawa, which I thought was um, going to be a, a better game than what I saw. Um, the Bruins have been playing much better lately since the coaching change, uh, and they have a pretty decent record under Cassidy. But those were two points that I was frustrating to lose, and it just seemed like the team wasn't all there for that game. But... To be honest, with this year's team in the last two seasons, um, I wasn't expecting. You know, they're going to have those games that they're just going to fall apart. But they they got to they and the way they recovered, I thought was great. Yeah, and it's. I still think it's better to lose them two points against a team that's above you than it is to lose them to a team that's below you. So, I think it's kind of. It's not the worst thing that could have happened, but. It's definitely, it's got to happen to show the progression as well. And it was really only like five minutes that killed them, if you really think yeah. about it. It was the very first five minutes of the game, you know. The, the, the first goal, obviously, uh, Tuka would love to get back, but the second goal... Yeah, that was pretty it. bad. Yeah, it was, but he couldn't see the second one. Um, you know, the Bruins did come back in the game, but uh, too little, too late sometimes. Yeah, the the uh, Senators uh, definitely took a jump in the first period, scoring uh, the, uh, the Brassad goal at a minute and twenty one, and the uh, Gabriel Pajot goal at the three twenty five mark. And then Bergeron came back uh, with his seven. Um, oh shoot, his seventeenth, mm-hmm. and um, you know tried to get the game a little more interesting. But I think by the third period. I mean, there was no scoring in the second, but the, but the third period, the Hoffman goal um, pretty much sealed the deal. But Marchand scoring his 30th. Yeah. On a power play. Um, it, yeah. And, and the power play is playing well. Absolutely. Something that uh, is, a, is a good thing going into the uh, possible playoffs. Yeah. And I like Mark. Tuka, oh, Tuka so- kept them in the game. He really oh, did. Yeah. He gave him a chance to win that game. Um, if it wasn't for the first five minutes, it, it might have been a different outcome. It's one of them, though. It's another early lead that we can't climb back from. And I think we struggle to score games. Uh, we struggle to score goals when we've been scored on first. That's the the punishing thing at the moment. But 
Yeah, it's almost... It, they're, they're definitely playing good out there, though. It's not like they played bad hockey that game. It's just they, they were fighting an uphill battle all the way. Yeah, they definitely couldn't capitalize on on a few opportunities. Uh, Craig Anderson making 25 saves. Um, I, I, even the way Anderson was playing that game, I think the Bruins could have capitalized on him, but um, Ottawa pretty much shut down a lot of their uh, possession time in the um, in the offensive zone. So yeah. still, you know, it's it's going to happen. We're going to have these games like this, but... It's a little bit different. Last year at this time, uh, you know, a game like this would be uh, demoralizing. Um, obviously, uh, we'll talk about it the, the next game the Bruins came back. So it's a new look Bruins. Well, speaking of the new look Bruins, I saw a fantastic game on Wednesday night when Detroit came to town. Un- unbelievable atmosphere uh, for the original Slicks battle. Uh, and the Bruins scoring four straight goals in the first. That that that's a game I haven't seen in a while. Like what was saying, the first period in the past has been kind of you know, if you get scored upon first, you got to it's the uphill battle. But these guys really, really came right in and played, set the tone for the game. Yeah, and it was it was four goals in the first, but it could have been a lot more. Sure. Yeah. Like they they came out like every line was firing, every line was going. They just they were playing insane that game. That if that is what happens when it comes to the playoffs, then we do. I think we do have a chance to go past the first round. But it, you, at the same time, we're still not sure which Bruins we're going to get. Yeah. Krejci had the two goals um, and the assist, and he, he could have had he could have had like four goals that game. Yeah. Um, his his line was skating out there, uh, looking real well. And Stafford Stafford looked well on that line with them. Stafford continues to impress me. You know, for a for a six I, or a questionable fourth. Exactly. I mean, yeah. the thoughts of um, last year's acquisition of uh, Lee Stepniak was was haunting me with the signing. So, yeah. Well, I um, saw a few people freaking out about. Uh, a few fans found out that it's a. A possible fourth, like that's the uh, per whatever stipulation it is. I I, be- I I believe it's right, Rob. I believe if they yeah. do go further into the into the you know the Stanley Cup final uh, playoffs, yeah. that it does come down because it's a, it is a conditional. Yeah, and I mean a fourth round pick in a draft that's only meant to be three rounds deep. I don't even mind if it if it is a fourth round. Right. Like if it's a six, great. But if it's a fourth, you're not really losing out that much. It's it, in the Toronto media um, on Sportsnet today. They even pegged it already as being the best trade of the trade deadline. Um, yeah. They stole them, and it, and it was the very last trade of the day. Uh, yeah. He's worked out well. He's worked on. He's worked out well on every line. Um, let's just hope he can keep it up. Yeah, well, he's we... just one of those one of those great depth players where you bring him in, and he can play it up and down your lineup, fill any hole that's got a that's there he's just he's playing perfect to be honest and his shooting percentage is outrageous for what he did he score four goals before he came to the Bruins yeah it's and now he's scored two in four games yeah he's got so four points 
in his last four. That's crazy. Yep. And so. he had 16 points with the Jets. Right. So it just goes to show what a difference the coaching is coming into the Bruins now. Well, For it's sure. a different style. Like, as much as we said, you know, if they get scored on first, I still wasn't really worried in the Ottawa game. We might have lost the game, but it wasn't the old feeling that I've had most of the time watching Bruins games this year or last year, for that matter. Yeah. Like um, feeling like we're going to get buried. Exactly. It, yeah. I find it now that the, even on the bench, you look at the players' faces, and as much as Bacchus hasn't uh, produced on the score sheet in the last little bit, his leadership yeah. on the bench, I even watched. They panned to him on the bench. He was he was yelling at the guys on the bench. It's just to wake yeah. up. Not that big of a deal. Let's keep going. And he's the main guy getting interviewed after games as well. Correct. Which... I- is surprising for a guy who's just come in this year. Yeah, and he, and he's actually out hitting um, some of our defensemen, and actually, uh, as much as he's not getting on the score sheet, he, he's doing the other intangibles on the ice. Yeah, and he is doing his job that he got brought here to do, which is one of the better things because I know a lot of people are saying they wanted Milan Lucic back, but I think we've got just as much out of backers as we would have out of Lucic. So. If not more, yeah, I think I think Bacchus uh, provides more leadership than uh, yeah. Lucic ever will. As as much as we all love Lucic, Bacchus is more of a leader, and, and we if we are in the playoffs this year, he's something we can lean on. Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, wrapping up on the on the Red Wings game on Wednesday night, uh, they they just stomped on them six to one, and uh, pretty much uh, still riding that fine line of the. The third spot, well, with teams catching up, um, they went on to play another. I thought was a fantastic game, and I really love this matchup. Uh, the the Boston Philly matchup on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Bruins have a, a pretty outstanding record when it comes to one o'clock faceoff. So, um, David Pasternak uh, has just been unbelievable this season and he's got a really nice point streak going on as he uh got the first period goal scoring his 28th of the season yeah nine points in eight games nine points in eight games that's fantastic also um coincidentally in that detroit game um marshan um got a 70th point he's the first bruins since savard in uh 0809 to do uh get 70 points in a season nice and a back-to-back 30 goal season Nice. Because I saw um, one of the, I can't remember who was interviewing, but uh, they were talking to him, asking him about his status as an elite player now and everything. And he kind of just shrugged it off and said, uh, I'm not looking at myself that way. I'm just going to keep playing my game, keep going how he's going. And that's a good thing to see. I, you were scared with a guy like Marshall, will it go to his head? And it definitely hasn't. Well, right. will it go to his nose? <laughs> Sorry. So is that to, Rob? Is that, what, that in there. do we have to change the offsides rules now because of Marshan's nose? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do we want to talk about the offside rule? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit game? that later on. I want to I want to yeah, talk about a lot of the stuff minutes. that went on in the uh, the um, the meetings that were held in Boca yeah. Raton because I yeah um, anyway. Just to end this Philadelphia game and move on to better, uh, you know, some reasonable topics. Drew Stafford 
Uh, scores of six of the season with five seconds remaining. And it was off Manning, who's like, you know, turning into uh, hated, the most hated player in the NHL, especially after he did to McDavid and then the nice fight in the game. And yep. it was just awesome that it went off that certain player to go in. What I saw. And then Valeski killed him. Yeah. Yes. Did he ever. What I saw that on that punch, goal. Like, he just. That was like something out of a like science fiction film. He just went flying with that punch. It was so good. The uh the Stafford goal um in the late in the third was just desperation, throw it on net and see what happens. It, yeah. You know, that was awesome. And and to beat Philly that, like that, it was just even better. That's the type of goal that used to get scored against us. Yeah. yeah. And now we're the ones scoring it. See, yeah. we're finding ways to win. Also in that game, pass to tied uh, Tom Fergus uh, for fourth most goals in a season under twenty. That's pretty good. And even better was the the stat, the knowledge that Court Lalon brings to this uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Not a problem. Definitely. So, so You're on a numbers guy now. Ah, there we go. That's Could've, awesome. No, every week. That's awesome. I I completely. Yeah. Except that. I mean, I take notes on certain things and stuff like that, but I, I don't have the time to break it down. So it's even better when somebody else, you know, c- can bring that to the table because it just makes us a, a better team, what, what we're trying to do. Yeah. So let me go back on. And we also can mention that Marshawn is, uh, you know, up in the scoring race in the NHL now. He's killing it. Tied, tied and, with Malcolm and a heart candidate as well. Yes. Yes, but I know we're biased and we want to say Bruins, but it, it's Sid's to lose. But it, Marshan yeah. could be in there, but it's Sid's to lose. Yeah, it definitely is. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. But like you said, there's a, there's a chance and stranger things have happened in the past. One hundred percent. There's what fourteen games left, so yes. Let's see what happens because you never know who's going to come out of somewhere. Like if if you see someone just all of a sudden go on a crazy streak and get their team to the playoffs, then Marshawn, if Bruins making the playoffs is a, is will actually be a big cap, yeah, for uh, Marshawn getting some votes towards the the Hart Trophy this year. But uh, yeah. Sid playing less games. And doing what he's done, it's a tough call. Yeah, true. And you know they're probably going to give it to the face of the NHL and not some punk that's been suspended in previous seasons. Is he still the face of the NHL, or is that shared with McDavid now? No, nah, yeah, that's probably the younger kids now. Yeah, I think it's more McDavid, Eichel, um, Team North Line America, sold. yeah, Team. Team North America sold more jerseys at uh, the World Cup of Hockey this year. Yeah, that is just stupid. Yeah, and ugly. Yeah. Man, that was an ugly jersey. So looking at the uh, the week ahead, uh, they got Vancouver on the road um, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Then they travel to Calgary, the red-hot Calgary Flames, uh, for a 9 o'clock p.m. And... On Thursday, and here comes the back-to-backs. Um, they play the Edmonton Oilers at 9 p.m. 
Wow, that's really not that bad. I mean, the Vancouver game's going to suck for me because I'm on the East Coast. Um, court, you yes. are too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we are, we are converged in three countries now doing this podcast. Got yeah. the United States representing here. You got Court Lond in Canada, and you got the fabulous Rob Tomlin in um, Great Britain. Yeah, that's pretty. That's and pretty when cool. You, when you say when you say, "Oh, it sucks for you being on the East Coast watching that game," <laughs> yeah, yeah, think about it, Pat. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> He's on that like that's like four thirty in the morning for me. Was that my first podcast selfish moment? Probably. <laughs> I'm sorry, big guy. I, I just laugh when I see it. I, I've seen it in so many Bruins groups when they have like a, a 7.30 face-off and someone goes, oh, no, it's a Saturday. I think I'm going to go to bed. And I'm like, really? Because <laughs> it's 2.30 in the morning for me and I'm going to watch the Bruins. So, yeah. You are a true diehard, sir. Oh, well, you, you just start to get like used to no sleep when you're watching the Bruins. <laughs> So we also you... get to play Dougie Hamilton and Milan Lucic back to back. Oh, at least we don't have to play Alexander Burroughs on the uh, Canucks anymore. Yeah, but we play him on the Ottawa, and he's yeah, I know. Since that trade, all right. What do you have? Yeah. A goal and assist against the Bees? Uh, yeah, and he scored last night too. Like this guy doesn't stop scoring. Right. So, what do you guys think of the upcoming West Coast trip? I think it's. I think. The Bruins are one of the stronger teams when it comes up against a lot of those, the other teams. So uh, I think we just need to play like over 500 hockey and just win more games than we lose and we'll be good. I think with the new system, we actually can skate with a team like the Oilers and the Flames. Um, the yeah. Flames out of the three games should be the tougher contest, depending on obviously how it's being played right now because the Flames are red hot. Um, Vancouver should be the game that we win uh, but I was in a game in Vancouver against Boston and for some reason besides besides game six we have a tough time winning there um, so it, it's just a tough one it, it's a tough one to look at um, Edmonton's a very young fast team so this is actually the big test for the new look Boston Bruins to see if they can skate with these young kids will Flames be 10 in a row when it comes to that game though and sorry game seven I mean, game seven. If the Flames are 10 in a row when we go to play them, that's going to be a tough test. And oh, for sure. Also, the the Bees have an in, uh, 17-12-6 and six record on the road this season. Um, yeah. Isn't all that great, but neither is their home game, so it's been one of those Jekyll and well, Hyde. We've the actually football. won... We've won seven out of our eight last home games with Cassidy yep. as the coach. Right. Yeah, and the Gardens become a fortress for the Bruins yeah. now. Oh, yeah. They scored the opponents thirty-two to fourteen. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Boom. But it, it the question is, can this keep going throughout the playoffs as well? Like we, the good thing is we have depth now with a guy like Stafford coming in, and we were already scratching players. Um. Even with Ryan Spooner gone and Zarnik coming up, it, uh, there's, there's still plenty of depth players out there that can fill holes for injuries. So it, Not it's even gonna that. Be... Sorry, Cassidy being uh, uh, moving past onto the second line, as much as it uh, you know got people a little miffed about it, um, 
it's balanced our scoring. You have Marshawn and Bergeron on the top line. You have Pasta yes. and uh, Krejci on the second line. We have two lines that teams have to check now, not just one. Yeah, and that that's the main thing. A lot of people don't understand that you, the other team has to kind of keep up with these lines and make line changes to fit them. So a lot of teams will put like the third or fourth lines out against the top lines and try and check them out of the game. Um, but like you struggle to do that when you have depth scoring all throughout the squad like we do. So it's going to be good to see. But quick question, with what uh, Bolesky did in the Flyers game, do you think he'll get more ice time now? That's a possibility. Do you want another breaking news for the podcast? It's not to do with the Bruins, but it's NHL related. Shattenkirk suspended two games. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that trade just gets Uh, better and better. Yep, that didn't trade for him, no. (laughs) Uh, Suspended two games for charging against Kevin Gravel of the Kings. So that's what you get for leaving your feet. Yep. So Washington's down a defenseman. The Rangers yep. are down a goaltender. That's not bad. Yeah, the Metropolitan's starting to fall apart. This is actually a good time for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we'll see what, what games we can pick up out there. And then hopefully, hopefully, I, I'm, I'm just hoping it doesn't come down to the last game of the season, like the last few years. Oh, I, I know. Because that'll know. be stressful. Well, these next two weeks are huge because um, yeah. considering after this week uh, we have the game that uh, I'm going to do my best to go to um, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, at, so we have we have some two big weeks here. The, the next two weeks are going to tell whether uh, we are the team that we all think we are right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, one more thing. Um, did anyone see the article? I think it was Haggerty saying, should the Bruins remove the tag of interim GM. Or sorry, was that was that courts? No, no, it wasn't mine. No, no. I I was mixing up my things and no, I think it was Haggerty that said it. I believe uh, you're right. Yeah. But that's the question. Like a, a lot of fans are asking that. Do they take the interim tag off him now and maybe suffer a bit from them calming down? Or do they let the players decide his fate till the end of the season. Because if they keep playing like this, there is no question that Cassidy will be in charge next year. I don't really think it's a distraction, though. I don't know what you guys think, but it's not like you after the games, it's not like it's a question that's being asked Cassidy all the time. No, but what I meant is kind of if the players want him to be the coach, they're going to try the hardest out on the ice to make him the coach. They, they Whereas the if playoffs. he's... All, they make the playoffs, he's the coach. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll give him the job before the playoffs start? Yes. Yeah. I think they would make it official because the last thing you want to do is have a lame duck coach going to the playoffs. Yeah. So the players are playing for a guy that they know won't be there next year? Yeah, good point. That's, a, very, no, that's a very good point. Because unfortunately for him, um, he is now the interim head coach. If they do bring in another coach, what's to say that coach even wants him being the assistant anymore? He could lose his yeah. job. True. Altogether. I'm going to be the negative one in this in this question. Um, yeah. I I I like the changes I'm seeing from uh, Cassidy. Um, but 
as the last two years and, and a majority of this season goes, um, it's on the players. So yeah. um, if they don't produce, uh, they're ultimately going to set the tone for his job in the future. So I'm like, I'm not hating on Cassidy. I love what he's doing. I love what he brings, but I think it's too soon. I think, yes. I think let's, let's, let's see what happens um, later in the spring. Uh, let's see if this te- first of all this team gets into the playoffs. Second thing is how far do they go? If they get into the first round and they get absolutely smoked, this is yeah. the, all this time spent right now is time that Don Sweeney should be interviewing uh, aggressively because if they don't see a future with him and they don't believe they the message is still not getting to the players. Somebody else in the background is going to have to come in, and it's going to be somebody that's going to have a lot more coaching experience and a better record than he has in the past. That's just yeah. my thought. And like I said, I'm not hating. I'm just, I just think it's too soon. I mean, you, you, the guy's been in there for ten or eleven games, and everybody's just like uh, Cassidy forever. Hashtag Cassidy this. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, and that's my buddy Joe Gill. I love Joe. He's a great freaking guy. And uh, you, you, if any yeah. other Bruins fans out We're there, not calling him out. Right, right. Uh, go check out the uh, Bruins Beat podcast. Uh, those guys are real funny. Yeah. Um, um, but you gotta just, look at it this I, way. I think. Sorry, I just just quickly. I think the reason a lot of people love him is. He's using a team that was built for Claude Julian. That's a checking defensive team to play offensive hockey, and they're putting up insane numbers. So imagine what it's like if you add guys like Zachary Sinishin next year, who's got a bit of speed and definitely finish to his shot, uh, and add some of the other younger players who add speed and offense to the team. And the numbers I... will just grow and grow. Yeah, and I and I hate to be the, the the jump on the bandwagon and say he's he's the best coach out there, but you have to look at the the results he's gotten so far, and if they they do make the playoffs, but he's also half these guys played for him in Providence, so yes. he had the locker room before he even became the head coach, right? And having the locker room is huge, and as we all know, it's obvious that Claude didn't have it anymore. With regardless of what Spooner said, and regardless of what Fatrano says, it is what it is. He didn't have the room anymore. Cassidy does. These players are playing for him. They're showing us. They're skating out there. And they look like they're having fun. Right. Yeah. One thing One thing I wanted to bring up that uh, actually my friend Heather uh, whispered was that as, as the additions of players coming into the roster as this team rebuilds or retools, however you want to call it, uh, that's going to be an adjustment for him too because Cassidy has not seen a lot of these players that are – the, the next wave of generational talent that are coming through the, the Bruins organization. But he, he's but, been with the organization, so he would have known who these these kids are, and I'm sure he would have been part of the the scouting and so on and so forth. Right, right. Yeah, he would have known being, being down in Providence because half of the players are going to go to Providence before they even come here. Right. And, so, and, yeah. and, and a guy like Krug has been rejuvenated under Cassidy. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> that you could, time only could tell what McAvoy would do under him. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, Court, do you have uh, any stats on Krug? I heard he was having a, a very good run on point what? Uh, well, just just in last week um, against Ottawa, he had two assists. Um, and then uh, that's that's all I have for last week. I think he's got points in 12 games. 
Yes, it's just he didn't get any points in the last two games. Okay. But still, that's pretty good. Don't ask if you got some numbers as well. Um, Can you tell me how long it'll take you to bring the beer over here? Oh, wow. So that's about an eight and a half half hour flight. Um, So uh, it's not that long. Uh, But like as I said to you before, buddy, you make your way to Boston. I will make my way to Boston and we can all meet in the middle. And I'm taking the cheap route because I'm already here. Yeah, that's that's not fair. Can we not bring the garden here? Like, I'm sure it won't cost that much. Can we do an outdoor game between the Montreal Canadiens and Boston Bruins at Wembley? Ooh, oh. Now you're talking. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're not so selfish now, am I, buddy? Don't, don't tempt me with that. I will constant. I will make it my full-time job to tweet the NHL. Oh. If you want a bigger fan base, come over here. Montreal Bruins. Oh, wow. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. So uh, last week, uh, two injuries uh, came arise uh, with uh, Tim Schaller, left winger, a lower body, um, not sure where. but uh, looked like the knee. The knee? Okay. Yeah, well, when he banged into the boards, he uh, he grabbed his leg. And uh, Ryan Spooner, out with a concussion uh, yes. in- indefinitely. I think he's going through the seven-day protocol now, uh, regardless of when he comes back. I mean, he's uh, definitely been a key member of this team this season. So, Did anyone see the video of Bacchus giving uh, him the eye test? Dr. Yes, Bacchus, Dr. Bacchus, we have a patient for you. And the that one thing I liked about it is he was Spooner laughed it off. So, yeah, the, the the real test is if he gets on the plane, if he goes on the road trip, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing at some point. Just exactly. Not sure so because he can't play for seven, he can't play for what seven days. I believe practice, that's right? it. So how he, many games um, has Zarnik played this year? Oh boy, I'm not too Be- sure. Because does he stay with the team and someone else gets scratched, or does will he get sent back down to Providence? Most likely get sent back down. Yeah, they'd have to send him back down. Because he's waiver eligible, because he's still under is ELC. He, oh, is he, was he brought up on the like emergency basis oh. because of injury? He, no, he can't have been because we've got scratch players. So right, no, it can't be. All right, so the. The gen- uh, was it the general, the meetings down in Boca Raton, Florida. What are they called yes. again? General general managers, general managers meetings. Yeah. Okay, um, brought out some interesting ideas from from some interesting people. Let's just say, um, I didn't like a lot what I heard. Uh, rumble. Now this isn't the immediate future. This is like long term. This is the NHL. Uh, getting more aggressively offensive. Um, yeah. They 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 want goal scoring, and this league is determined to be a ten to nine, ten to eight league uh, for excitement of the fans. And you know, in my in my opinion, from the games I watch, I watch a ton of hockey all over the place, but um, I don't mind two to one, three to two, four to three games. Yeah, you know, if it's a goaltending battle, good for them. Uh, if it's an offensive battle, awesome for them. But why 
why do, you, do they try to always create ways to disturb the integrity of this sport? And it really pisses me off. Money. I don't get how they think more scoring will help because if I watch a game and someone's getting blown out like five to nothing, I'm turning the channel over. Like, unless it's the Bruins, I mean, I'll watch the Bruins game till the end, even if we get well, destroyed. But if it's another team, I'll happily turn it over. I saw a, t- a stat on Twitter that Bruins Red Wings game, uh, the ratings dropped thirty four percent from the week before. The game was a blowout. Yeah. Wow. So, it but the, the NHL, the way they look at it, the scoring equals equals cash. But I think the the answer's already happening. Vegas is going to come in. It's it's going to create another team. It's going to water down the league a little bit more. Um, it, there's going to be higher scoring next year. Yeah. Just because of it. Well, some of the ideas that I've been that, that have been going through the the meetings and and they're not they're just so unrealistic. Like for one, as a goaltender, and I'm being goaltender biased. I honestly am. Um, I Mark, you're a forward now. Yeah, I know. I'm a forward now. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun last night. But um, uh, I I didn't like what I heard from the goaltending aspects. Uh, equipment was always an issue. Uh, goal sizes were always an issue, but uh, this one just kind of blew my mind that a few general managers brought up that the goaltenders get away from trapping the puck. Well, now, so you can't freeze it. You can, right. So one, uh, the idea that was brought to the table was to make both hands blocker style. That's crazy. But then you can still just pick up the puck with your blocker, drop your stick. Right. <laughs> what are they going to do? I mean, it's, they're just finding just unrealistic ways to to yes. create more offense and, and, and stop slowing the game down. Now, that's the the biggest part about that is that they want to stop the the, um, the freezing of the puck because, you know, obviously more face-offs create more time to the game. Yes. You know, I just found it dumb. And the other one I found it was dumb that, you know, they want to put just one center circle. I mean, what I'm trying to say is they're pretty, pretty much trying to make it like inline hockey. There's no offsides, you know, which creates obviously more goals because you have less restrictions on the ice. Here's an idea, Mr. Batman. Stop with the TV timeouts, for God's sakes. Right. That. When you're when you're like a someone from Europe and you're not used to the way that American and Canadian TV is done, because uh, you guys have a lot of adverts compared to us, um, and a lot of breaks for adverts, like I'll put the Bruins game on and every two minutes it's like we'll be back after this. Why? <laughs> well, because the NHL, unlike football in in Europe um, or soccer to North American people. Um, the advertisements are not all over the jerseys. Yeah, true. So they got to find the money from somewhere. Exactly, but... and, and unfortunately in Canada, they have no problem generating income. But in the U.S., yeah. you see it everywhere. You see it in Florida, you see it in Carolina. People aren't going to the games. So they got to generate income somewhere because they're dispersing yeah, it to the other clubs across the league. It, oh. it, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's the parody that is the NHL. And it's just uh, something we have to live with. Have you ever heard about... Um what Florida have tried doing to renew uh, season ticket fans where they're offering 
they're offering prizes basically, but the number one prize is that you get a one day contract to play for the Florida Panthers. Um, and you get to go on the plane with them to one of the games. That's amazing. How how can they give that out? As, like that doesn't seem like it should be a real thing. Well, when I my my head office for my work is actually uh, not too far from Sunrise, and I've been to a couple games, and it's actually cheaper for me to buy it from the scalper, and I get better tickets than it is to buy it from the box office. Yeah, and I get front row red zone seats. You know. Right up front, right at center ice, and I'm paying like forty bucks a ticket. Wow. Oh, that's nice. U.S. So to me, it's about you know sixty-five bucks. So um, that, touching back on what Court said about about the league and parity, I just I'm finding this uh, the structure of the league going so offensive that it's going to create. Um, less time experience in arenas as fans and and watching at home but the you know the prices of tickets are going to continue to go up you know i i the tickets that i got on the uh, phoenix game earlier this month i paid 109 dollars a piece which i thought was pretty respectful because they um the person that sold them definitely could have you know gotten 140 160 out of me but You know, I don't mind paying the prices like once or twice a year like this, but, you know, if they continue to go up and the games become shorter, the experience isn't worth it just traveling there. So, right. I just... And, I, and the playoff ticket prices... Oh, my God. They're outrageous. They're unreal now. Outrageous. So, yeah. The Toronto, Maple, the Toronto Maple Leafs, where I live, have some of the highest ticket prices in the league, and until this year had some of the worst hockey being played in any arena, yet sold out every night and yep. still the highest tickets. Great this year, but the last couple of years, tickets were ridiculous. It's $100 for the worst seat in the house. Yeah. It's crazy. I know um, on the Steve Dangle podcast, they were saying, I think it was like you, you pay, like you can pay up to 10 grand for a playoff see like down by the down by the glass at yep. some games that's crazy and that is that for one game of hockey no i'll sit at home with a big tv thank you i'll, I'll let you guys know i'm going but i'm gonna go to the game on on against the leafs in toronto and i'm going with a couple of buddies and we're gonna buy scalpers tickets i'll let you know how much they cost yeah. nice. nowhere near what it's... the uh, actual price is oh it's gonna be bad but we're getting back onto mark's topic like some of the things that could be changed, um, and I know I've said it before, when they do the video review, take it out of the ref's hands. Let let Toronto decide it. Toronto's yeah. already made the decision before the ref even calls. Just it, it makes it go quicker. Yep. No, I agree. Totally agree wanna, with that. If, if they want to speed up the games, there's a part you can speed up the game with. Don't touch the fundamentals of the game. If you're going to mess with something, we maybe can mess with something I want to talk about, the point system. But making the nets bigger and... And touching with the the way the game's played, or this and that about icing, no, the game's fine there. Don't mess yeah. with the goalies anymore. Don't make the nets bigger. Don't make the and space behind the net any bigger. It it makes no sense. With what you were saying about um, not being able to freeze the puck, Brock, that means teams like New Jersey, who play the trap, which is the most boring way of playing hockey, 
are going to become the top team because that'll be the most efficient way to play. And then you're truly killing the offense because teams are just going to play the puck back in their own end. What? How? How is that helpful at all? I just like like Court was saying, the best way of doing it is to not change the actual game itself, but change the way things are run. Correct. That's probably the better way of doing it. Especially the replays being taken out of the ref's hands because it, it ties up the game. The fans are booing the refs. The, the player can get mad at the refs. Just too many things can be said. Just take it out of the ref's hands. I know they don't want to take the responsibility for, away from the ref and say, well, here's the way it's going to be. But way too many bad calls. You have the Minnesota game where the play is obviously offside and they call it a goal. And then you have the Boston game where if you went by the last time they had a ruling, then it's no goal. But we call it a goal because we already called back a goal like a couple minutes before because the ref made the decision. You need to take it out of their hands. Hey, hey, can I can I tell you guys a quick story about something I heard from one of my favorite, favorite uh, hockey person persons, um, Jeff Merrick, uh, I think it was last week, on one of his programs. Do you know goaltenders back in the day, like early years, were not allowed to leave their feet? Yes. You knew that. Yeah. Well, he was telling, you know, on the podcast, he was t- saying that um, the Montreal Canadiens, believe it or not, whined so much. Because back then, they didn't have a commissioner. They had a president. So the Montreal Canadiens would whine to the president so much that he got so aggravated and... Um, uh, took the rule back because, um, and you know how the uh, the saying he stood on his head. Mm-hmm. Well, this president said, "I don't care anymore. The goaltenders can stand on their head from now on." And then the rule became allowed because the Canadians c- complained. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, Merrick, Merrick busts out some good history stuff, and I really appreciate that. So, credit to him. Well, geez, the Habs used to have the first French Canadian-born player, Dibs. Right. Dibs. I think the last one they did was Regin Hall. Um, I think that's the last time they got to take the first first one. Oh, let's get off the Hab talk because I'm I'm getting sick to my stomach. You brought it up. I know I did. Uh, <laughs> um. So got, back got... to what I would suggest. Yep. To to, to fix fix some problems, and I, I know there's for and against, and I know where you stand on this, Mark. So we can move this along. I would think this would actually um, be work better if we did the three two one point system. Get rid of the win the loser point, which drives me crazy. No more no more three point games unless it's actually a win in regulation. Because the the fact that I'm watching the Leaf game last night, and if it goes into overtime. I'm just like, come on, this is just ridiculous. Because you're getting it, you're getting a point, even though you don't even win the game. The, the Leafs won the game, obviously, and got two points, but it, it just makes no sense to be giving a point to a team. Boston right now would have 108 points in this in this system, still be in third place. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs would only have 95 points because they're winning more games in overtime and they're getting more loser points. Right. It's rewarding teams for winning in regulation. Because the way the NHL has changed it and they want a winner every game, they're giving a loser point. So you know what? Three points for a win in regulation, 
two points for a win in overtime, and you still get the loser point for one, but it equals everything out because winning in regulation is what should matter. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. And the... uh... Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to say, it. you see teams slow down in that last minute. Like, if it's a if it's a tie game, you see them kind of go, right, well, we want to get a point out of this and we don't want to give up a goal. Correct. But if you had that extra point on, you'd see teams going all out. Like, I, I just don't get it. And, and I, I think I've said this before, like... They, need, they should take if they if they're worrying about game time, they're worrying about everything like that. They should take the shootout out of it and just make it three on three continuous. Oh God, yeah, but yeah. the players would get too tired and players could get hurt that way. To be honest, yeah, but at the, at the same time, how many players are on a team? Like it doesn't have to be three three on three lines. You could play. You could have seven different three on three lines. You can no, play you can, three. You can play whoever so. you want, but. Yeah. When they play the three-on-three uh, all-star game, uh, the yeah. players are tired. It takes a lot out of a guy to do that because it's just so much more open ice. You're covering a lot more. You could just – a lot of injuries could happen, especially the way these guys train nowadays. It'd be tough to do a continuous three-on-three overtime. The shootout ends it quicker so that players won't get hurt because playing a lot, that much hockey, it can strain the body. Yeah. But no. <clears throat> it, it's just I, – I hate the shootout with a passion. It's one of the most annoying things to watch ever. Same here. Well, yeah. because they take so long at center ice before the whistle's even blown. And then half of the time the Bruins lose it anyway. So that, <laughs> I know that's a bad point to bring up. but Well, I know Rob and I were talking earlier in the week, and I know he, he would rather just get rid of the, the shootout altogether and just have overtime and have a tie if no one wins. Yeah. I like the um, I do like the point system the way Court was saying it. Um, it would definitely, um, if you look at the Eastern Conference up and down, you could uh, a point system like that will definitely create a little more space for teams to, um, you know, stay in it instead of you know having that one loss and dropping four spots out of it. Just because especially every- with the loser points, because teams are making the playoffs on these loser points, right. Yeah, like Ottawa. Ottawa last year was it, or the year before? Um, year before. Yeah, they made it by one point, was it? And they had like six overtime losses more than us. So, well, it, uh, a great one. The first season we had the the whole loser point. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is the year that the Carolina um, Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup and they made the playoffs on the loser points. Well, was that 06? Yeah, I believe so. And speaking of points, what about what about um, changing these uh, offensive scoring points? You know, you know, you know what kills me is nobody's gonna touch Gretzky. No. And and in the, and and it, I could be wrong, okay? And I'm dating myself here, but I remember in the 80s when a goal was two points. You're wrong. Sorry. I am wrong. You're definitely wrong. So it's always been a point. It's always been a point. I'm going to have to look into that, Court, but I'm going to trust you. Um, trust me. Okay. It's always been a point. 
It's just a little different back then when they played the goalies. If you look, put a put a picture of the goalie side by side nowadays. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's totally so, so different. Goalie, yeah, it, it, there's so much more net. Um, the players do skate faster now, and and but but back then it, it was a little bit of a different game. You know, okay. you had you had a lot of five fours. That was a normal score. Okay. Six five. That's a normal score back then. All right. So what? Here's my changes that I I would wouldn't mind seeing, whether it be unrealistic or not. But what about three points for a goal, two points for the primary assist, and then one point for the secondary? Now, my question to you is, what what does that bring to the game? Because to me, as as a person that would want to keep the integrity of the game, it kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I it kind of kind of gives the, the guy a, the guy that actually forced the puck to you. For that goal, and you know, and, I don't know, a little pat in the back with an extra point. Primary assist. Uh, it was just something I thought of, and and something hey, that no. was, that's been talked about. So, I just wanted to get ideas. Hey, hey ideas are ideas. That's the whole point. Right. You I never think... know. We, if we can have a glowing puck, anything is possible. Oh boy, don't do <laughs> that again. All right. Anything else? Um, take the helmets off the goaltenders. Why not? <laughs> take the helmets off the goaltenders. Going back to the Terry Sawchuk Scarface. Everything else is going retro. Why don't the goaltenders? I know, hey, right? To be, honest, to be honest with you, I I guess I'm a traditionalist, but I hate the instigator penalty. Because it right now, when you watch the NHL, people are afraid to hit out there. Um, there's barely any body checks. And also, a player like Crosby or any best player um, can get run and nothing can be done about it. Because if you're going to go out there and get in a fight, you're going to get a penalty. Fighting, I know, is, is some people see it as terrible. Um, and it, it can, you know, people can get hurt doing it. But at the same time, it helps police the game. It actually is safer for the game if players aren't getting sticked in the face and such because they know that someone else can go after them right after. Right. And I agree with that. I everything you said, um, but I'm not I'm not on board with uh, a positional player that only skates uh, limited ice, and that's his only skill. So fair enough. You know, I, I like yeah, the, I, I like the player that's got that can you know bring to the table other areas of his game and be more of a help than you know. I'm gonna throw his name out, Sean Thornton. You know. I mean, good fighter and everything, but honestly, was there anything else that he did besides that? Leadership. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, I get that. You know, it's to me, it's on the ice. I don't, I don't disagree with you. He's I cannot stand terrible. Right. He was an amazing chirper. Yes. <laughs> I will never forget the water bottle and Suba. Right. He he brought he brought leadership. He did do some things like. He had a hell of a slap shot. I'll tell you that much. Right. Um, but I, I get I get what you mean, but I don't think you'll see that anymore in the oh, game. Oh, you never will. Look, never look will. at look at Max Jones, who plays for the London Knights. Um, he is basically like an enforcer. He'll just go out and crush people. He's suspended most of the time, but at the same time, he's got insane hands and can actually score goals. Right. So I think that's the future of the game. If you're looking for an enforcer five years from now, 
he's probably going to be able to score 10 to 15 goals a season. He'll I put really... up more points than Jimmy Hayes ever will. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think five years from now, fighting will probably be out of the game altogether. As much as I think it should come get rid of the instigator penalty, they're moving every year towards getting rid of fighting. And it sucks. I understand it because they, they look at it as like, think about it, it is an assault. Uh, yeah, technically, conclusion. Yeah, if you did this outside of a rink, um, you could be arrested for it. Um, so why are they allowed to do it on the ice? Yeah. Uh, it's a gray area. But at the same time, you, you see how it happens in other sports where players suddenly flip out and end up doing it anyway to a guy who's not expecting it, whereas in hockey, at least you're expecting it. If you if you crush a guy, like um, McCabe of the Buffalo Sabres, when he hit Liney, as soon as he hit him, as soon as he leveled him, he turned around and knew that there was going to be players coming after him. Yeah. Be- because you hit a star if, player, you, you know it's happening. So. And if you take it out of the game, it could turn into what uh, Rob gets to watch on a regular basis, um, football, um, oh. having players dive and yeah. act like they've been shot every two seconds. Yeah, don't, don't have no, that happen. No, because yeah. nothing can be done. Yeah. All right, so... Is it prospect time? It is. Nice. It's fired at the net, just missed by JT Comfort. Here's Notre Dame back the other way. Bjork fires, scores. Notre Dame ties it up. I'll start with the Providence Bruins. Uh, last Sunday, March 5th, uh, the Baby Bees uh, kicked the crap out of Lehigh Valley Phantoms by the score of 7-3. Uh, first period goals at 8-10 by Jordan Swartz, his 15th from Grant and DeBrusque. Second period, uh, Matt Grizzly gets on the board at 137 from Achari and Zarnik. That was his fourth. Uh, staying in the second period, Achari scores his fifth from Cave and Cross at 9.05. And Providence, Har- Colton Hargrove, his seventh from Swords and Simpson at 13.46, which was a power play goal. Uh, third period, Providence, Austin Zarnick scored his second from Achari and Heinen. Providence, Simpson scores his 15th from Curley. At 11:20, and Providence Tommy Cross scored his 12th 
as an empty net goal. Uh, Malcolm Subban gets the win, stopping 24 of 21. So that was a very entertaining game to watch while we were doing the podcast last week. Can I just ask a quick question before you get to the new game? Go for uh, it. Next game. Do you think Jordan Swartz will be offered a two-way deal next season? There's a good possibility. He's yeah. He's, he's... you got you got to think that they'd want to bring a guy like that up to the Bruins and let a younger guy stay down there and play more minutes. Well, I'll, I'll honestly tell you, if you look at the stats, and it's funny because uh, Jordan Swartz and uh, Wayne Simpson are both AHL contracts. So they were yeah. brought in for a one-year deal. And both of them are at the top of the uh, the point standings for the Baby Bees right now. So I think that's impressive enough uh, this season to possibly earn them extra time next year. Uh, most likely in the AHL with Providence. Uh, yes. but, but chances of call-ups are, you know, few and far between. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is kind of impressive that none of the prospects, the true prospects that were picked by the Bruins – are not leading the league down there. So Yeah, but at the same time, 90% of them prospects are like, what, 20, 21? Right. So there's still time for them to grow. Sure. Um, on the Tuesday, March 7th at Webster Bank Arena, uh, the Baby Bees lost 5-3. to three. Uh, Shorthanded goal in the first period. Um, I'm sorry, in the third period by Rob Ogara from Porter and Achari. Uh, Providence Swartz, he scores a 16th from Simpson and Cross. And Providence Jordan Swartz scores a 17th from Hargrove and Heinen. And that was a power play goal, but it was a little too late. Zane McIntyre suffers the loss. Um, He's been struggling lately, and we'll definitely touch on him a little later. Uh, he made 18 saves on 23 shots. Um, Saturday, March 11th, last night at Mohegan Sun Arena, the Baby Bees lost to the uh, league Eastern Conference leading Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. In the first period, Noel Achari, who's been hot lately, scores his sixth from Grant and Grizzlick at the 223 mark, which was a power play goal. Second period, Matt Grizzlick scores his fifth from Curley and Casto at 12-18. And that was it. McIntyre suffers the loss again. Uh, I'm sorry. He didn't get the loss. He got pulled after making um, six saves on nine shots. Malcolm Subban came in to um, pretty much save the day and the Bruins' chances of winning that game by stopping 23 of 23. Baby Bees are back on the ice today when they travel to Hershey, Pennsylvania to take on the Hershey Bears. Puck drops from the uh, Giants Center at 5 p.m. Uh, the next game after that is Friday, March 17th at 7.05 against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers at the Dunkin' Donut Center. And then Saturday, March 18th at the Dunk for a 7.05 game against the Springfield Falcons. And to round off the three of three weekend next weekend, Sunday, March nineteenth, at the dunk for a three oh five game against the Utica Comets. Um, so up to date on the baby bees. 
In 60 games played, the Bees are 34, 17, 5, and 4 with 77 points uh, with 12 games remaining. They're third in the Atlantic Conference, eight points behind Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, and third in the Eastern Conference. Currently on a two-game losing streak and are 6-4-0 in the last 10 games. Uh, honorable mentions for the Baby Bees, Jordan Swartz went 3-1-4 in three games last week, bringing the, his points total to 47 which leads the team. Danton Heinen snapped a four-game points streak with no contributions in last night's loss to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. That just made no sense. But anyway, Tommy Cross snapped a six-game point streak last night in last night's loss and had a goal and two assists in three games last week. Matt Grizzick had two goals and one assist in three games. His season is now five goals. 19 assists, 24 points in 54 games. And Nolachari had uh, his goal, three, two goals and three assists last week. Zane McIntyre is now showing signs that he is a human being in the AHL this season. He's struggled lately, losing his last three games, giving up 12 goals and posting an awful .778 save percentage in those games. Wow. Uh, this season as a total, he's 15-3-1-1 with a 2.03 goals against and a .931 save percentage in 21 games played. So tough times for Zane lately. Yeah, definitely. Tough times for both goaltenders, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the OHL, Zach Seneshin of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds uh, in three games last week. The 2015 first-round pick had four points with an assist in Friday night, 6-1 win over Kitchener Rangers. Sinishin set a career high with 21 assists. Uh, the Sioux Greyhounds are playing the Sudbury Wolves this afternoon. And with four games remaining in the 2016-17 regular season, the soon-to-be 20-year-old needs six goals to uh, reach his career high, which was or pass his career high, which was 45 of last season. Uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jeremy Lawson of the Rouen Miranda Huskies had an assist in two games last week. The Huskies play Valdor this afternoon as Lawson looks to add numbers to his good regular season with four games remaining. This year, in 35 games played, he's 5-20-25. Staying in the queue with uh, Jakobs Borrell, he had three points in four games last week. And three games remaining in his regular season. He looks to add his career-high numbers in points, currently with 38. He's four goals away from tying his career-high in goals with 13. Uh, <clears throat> WHL Jesse Gabriel of the Prince George Cougars had three goals and three assists last week and is currently on a five-game point streak. The 2015 fourth-round selection has 33 goals, 29 assists, 62 points in 59 games. It's good to see him back on track. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald of Boston College. Now we're, we're into the, uh, the part of the year when uh, the regular season for the NCAA is over, so now we're getting into individual tournaments. So, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald had a goal and an assist 
in two games versus Vermont this weekend. In the Hockey East quarterfinals, the Eagles beat the Catamounts by the score of 7 to nothing on Friday and 7 to 4 last night. Wow. Anders Bjork, Notre Dame University had an assist in Friday's 5 to nothing win over Providence College and two assists in Saturday night's 5 to 2 win over the Friars. So Notre Dame continues to roll on in their bracket, which is good. Ryan Donato of Harvard University had two points in a 6-4 win over Yale on Friday night and had an assist in Saturday's 4-3 win over the Bulldogs. So he's moving on to the Garden. Uh, Trent Frederick at the University, Wisconsin University, had zero points in Friday's 5-1 loss to Ohio and had an assist in Saturday night's 3-1 loss to the Buckeyes. Uh, the Badgers are officially out of the NCAA national title so they will not continue and that's it didn't Lindgren get hurt I don't I, I don't believe so I didn't hear anything about it I thought I saw something today um, I know he, he crashed I, he got crashed into the boards or something like that uh, I heard he was up for um, I think it was H, H something uh, player of the month Mm-hmm. I think he got hurt last, yeah, like yesterday or something like that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, um, I'm gonna look it up right now. Continue talking. So, uh, I, I was just gonna say that with the Bruins next season, it looks like there's gonna be one spot available on the left side of the defense on the bottom pairing. Uh, do you think? Uh, well, a lot of people are thinking that Jakob Zaboral is gonna be ready for that. Do you, do you think from what you've seen that he will be? Um, absolutely. Um, he's, yeah. he's under entry-level um, contracts, so that spot is definitely available to him. I do not see him making the NHL Bruins, just the way the, the contracts dictate his placement. Um, right. Yeah, a full season in the AHL would be beneficial to him in his development. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Um, I could, I, I wish I had more time because I really wanted to talk about this, but we'll definitely talk about it in the next show. I really want to focus on the lineup for the Providence Bruins next season. Because yeah, that is going to be scary. The yeah, the eligibility players. I'm sorry, the eligible players that are coming through um, are going to find their way onto those rosters, and there's going to be members that are going to current members of that team that are not going to be on there. So, yeah, like, and there's guys from university as well that could absolutely become available. Yep, so, which is even more roster spots will be lost. So. Um, Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, guys. Ryan Lindgren um, was yep. hurt last night uh, against uh, against Michigan State, crashed into the boards, and it looks like that he has potential leg fracture or right ankle and is done for the rest of the season. Oh, I thought you said that Trent Frederick. Good. Nope. Ryan Lindgren. That is not good. Nope. But from what I have heard about uh, Lindgren, I haven't managed to watch any games of his, but from what I've heard is... He's going to definitely be a guy who's going to play his entire time at university. 
Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's going to be ready. He's the other part of that uh, Boychuk trade. We got him and Carlo, technically, for Boychuk. And Lindgren's looking like a guy who could mirror Boychuk's career with the way that he plays. Mm -hmm. Because he's a very heavy hitter when it comes to his own end. So my question to you, Rob, because you know every single person wants to know, is McAvoy playing for the Boston Bruins if we make the playoffs? I see. And Mark, I I would like your opinion as well. See, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him. I think the team is playing good now. Why risk it? I know uh, Tory Crew came to play with the Bruins during the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure he got called up on uh, emergency basis for an injury. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. Uh, but to be honest, I'd just roll with what we got now. Uh, plus, from what I've heard in the past, he's quite a like school first type of guy. So I'm not even sure if he will be with the Bruins this year. Or Mark, what do you think? Another year. I I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's okay. gonna I think that's gonna create awful chemistry in the room with a for a team that has not been su- very successful this season but have turned it around lately for the positive i think that would set a very bad tone in that locker room with with players that are currently under contract uh for an entry uh, not even an entry level position player coming yeah. in to cover and um i just don't think it's right i he's a fantastic player i get that and he's he's playing with with players that are surrounded by his age. Um, yeah. I'd rather see him stay in college. I don't want him to be available for the for the playoffs because if that does that, now his scholarship eligibility is done and over with. It's terminated. Yeah. So it's not like uh, Canadian juniors that can come after their commitment. Correct. For the season is done, they can come to the AHL. Um, that's they're yeah. free to do that. So, and, and and they were saying that's one thing um, that the NHL and the PA, I think, would like to fix in future negotiations. The the the, the whole way a college player works, yeah, and how the yeah. rights work, and so on and so forth. It's it's something they have now that more teams are drafting college players. Yep. Uh, as as a regular thing, they need to look into that. But at I, the same I, time. I'm not sure I've seen the kid play, really, besides the World Juniors. Oh, I've seen him at Boston University. He's a fantastic player. He rattles bodies. He's got a great shot. He's got good speed. He's got tremendous upside. I just, you know, I I get the the, I want him now mentality of a lot of fans because they're excited. But, you know, you got to really look at it and, you know, is this the right time? And not even that. Who whose spot does he take? He's a right shot D, so it's either going to be Kevin Miller, Kevin Miller, or Adam McQuaid right. to come to the lineup. Yeah, I'd they be can. pretty. I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Kevin Miller making two point yeah. five million dollars and then to being told that this college kid's coming to take my spot. because yeah, because Colin Miller is a left shot defenseman. No, Colin Miller's right, right shot. Colin, oh yes, sorry, yes, you're right. Yeah. So it could be Colin Miller, man. Yeah, but there's the log. That is a definite log jam up the right side because you got Carlo, who's not going to be dropped from that first pair. Um, well, I don't yeah. think he will be anytime soon. 
And you got Kevin Miller playing. That's it. Sorry, Kevin Miller's playing the left side, and he's a right side defenseman. Yeah. So you got Kevin and Colin playing the bottom pair. Adam McQuaid on the right side with Tory Krug on the left, and then Carlo with uh, Chara uh, on the left. Even though I've been noticing in the games that I don't know if you guys have been noticing, Cassidy has been uh, switching it up a lot with the defense. Yeah, I've seen Carlo play a lot with Krug. Yes, which I don't. Sounds terrible, but I didn't like seeing that. It's just to, it's to Chara. As much as you know, people think he's old and slow. He helps a young kid like Carlo, especially with his reach, to make yeah. Carlo's mistakes not look as obvious. Yeah. What well, about um, what about all the news about like all the, the hubbub about <laughs> the Bruins made a mistake by not trading Carlo? Ugh. Isn't that frustrating? It's it, it really year. is. It's almost as bad as how much they hate Tuka Rask, but I know that's that's another story, another day. I know, but yeah. now it seems Carlo. I mean, Tuke's doing a little better. Um, now it seems Carlo is the fall guy for the fans. That you know, we should have never drafted him. We should have traded him. We we could have oh, got cause... we could have gotten Gabriel Landis dog and oh yeah. So it, it, it honestly it's and it's it's so funny because the biggest need this team has is defense defense. <laughs> And, and as, you want as to get soon as the trade rumor comes out, everybody gets all up in the air. But if we would have traded the kid away and he turns into a blue chip prospect with the way he's looking, they would have lost their minds and said, oh, that's another Tyler Sagan. Look at this guy we just traded yeah. away. I don't want to get into a whole rant about this. Yeah. But I did. Oh, it would just be the dumbest mistake ever. And I, the fact that Sweeney didn't do it and didn't listen to the all the fans who said they wanted to get it done, you know, those Fairweather fans that think they know the game, um, I'm glad he didn't do it. He's stuck to his guns. He's yeah. got a kid that's going to be a shutdown defenseman. He's not there to score goals. He's there to stop the puck from going in the net. He's a young kid who's playing more minutes than a lot of rookies get. He's going to make mistakes, and it's going to be obvious when he makes a mistake. But it's not that big of a deal. Let the kid play. If yeah. he got if, he, if in the third period, if he got to cut his ice time, he got to cut his ice time. It's not that big of a deal. He's learning. He, he's going to only get better. Well, I've seen people say, why why use a rookie? Like, when you're going into the playoffs, why use a rookie? Why didn't we trade for a veteran D-man? That, the guy's earned the spot this year. I mean, he, he's one of them players. He's not a point-producing defenseman. He's definitely a stay-at-home type of guy. Uh, he's put up no, more numbers than I expected. Um, but at the same time, He's one of them guys where he does the little things right that you're not going to realize that he's even done. A lot like Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller do down the right side. So, I mean, I, I'm not worried. I think two, three years down the line, this guy's going to be something really special for the Bruins. And that's it. It's two, three years down the line. It's not right now. So get off the guy's back. Just because Hayes is barely in the lineup now, they got to pick somebody new. Um, I've never, I've never seen a fan base that needs to pick on a player. Has to yeah. find somebody to hate. They, they can't go a day without. You know what? We won the game six one, but you know, so and so sucked, and I'm going to talk <laughs> about it till I'm blue in the face. Like seriously, people, be happy for your team. Right. Be happy for the players you have in your organization. I, if I keep going, I'm going to insult way too many people. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. I do it on a regular basis. <laughs> Yeah. Like, um, honestly, stop crying. Wah. Um, 
trying to think of this. Is, is, is it, oh, I can't talk today. Is there anything else? Uh, I was going to quickly ask, with the uh, with the being Dan Vladar in the wings and uh, one of Subban or McIntyre is going to have to go this off-season, I think. Um, do you think that they'll draft a Canadian junior goalie who still has like a couple of years eligible at juniors? That's a that's a great possibility. Um, I hope so. Not only that, uh, look in the NCAA ranks too of of um, free agents that I mean, well, yeah, uh, available draftees um, yeah. this season. If you know if they want to put that fourth round pick to good use, I think that's. I mean, they're already talking about a weak draft, but in blah blah blah. So, you know, a fourth pick on a goaltender is not a bad idea. I mean, Vladar yeah. was the third pick in in 2015. So well, I know there's guys like uh, who who would you would your pick be? Because I know there's like Ottinger. Yeah, I like Jake. I like Jake Ottinger at Boston University. Yeah. Um, there's I I I wish I don't have my my goaltending notes in front of me, but. There's um there's one Canadian junior I'm looking at. Uh, not Michael D. Pietro, is it? Yeah, I, I he was on my list of ten. Uh, not Never very not very high. Um, there was there was one kid that's um going to be in the USHL next season, and is committed to, um, oh I wish I knew what college it was. Uh, his name's Keith Brzezinski or something like that. Um, but he's really good. I've seen video on him, and there's also um, a goaltender in uh, Finland that I'm looking at too. Uh, big kid, lots of lots of potential. It reminds me of Vladar, but um, but if he's from Finland, maybe Tukaras. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, but he has the style of he's a big kid, so he stays in his crease. He doesn't. He's not aggressive. He doesn't Play come up. He doesn't come out of the um out of the blue, like um, Ben Bishop. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I was or gonna Hen- say Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, Lundqvist. You know, he what plays about, that style. Um, what's the guy from uh, Pekarinne? He's Finnish. Yep. yep. He's massive. Yeah. He plays in his net a lot. So that's a good guy to compare him to. Finnish force field and all that. But um, for scouting reasons, in my opinion, I mean, I'd I'd really like to look at. Jake, Jake Ottinger from Boston University. Yeah, you know it, it'd be good to How keep convenient it. that he's close to yeah. you. Yeah, right. Yeah, but at the same time, if you pick a guy like Jake Ottinger, and you've got guys playing in Boston University next season, I mean, that's got to be good for chemistry when they come to the team. Oh yeah, like that's got to be good in the locker room when you've got three guys who all know each other and all played together. Yep. So. I mean, I, I honestly think that a lot of the picks you're going to see are close by NCAA talent. So, but I'd like to see them pick up some Canadian junior guys that can, like, still have two years eligible there to play some time down in the juniors. It's the same here because also you have the – it's a great league um, yeah. and a lot of best goalies do come from there. Um, my question to you guys, we have 11 million in cap space next year. We have Spooner, Pasta, Zarnik, 
Schaller, and Morrow, all restricted free agents. You have Lyles, Moore, and Stafford, unrestricted free agents. Possibility from the Boca Raton meetings that the cap goes up 2.5 to 3 million next year. Now, obviously, first priority is sign pasta. It's probably going to cost about 5 million plus. Second priority is Spooner. Do we go after Stafford with the limited? He's only we've only seen four games after him. Do we try and make a run at him and keep him? If you can get him for like under two million, which you probably can with the numbers that he's put up this year, um, and if you can get him for one year, which is the main thing, yeah. Like, because if you get him for one year, what is that? That's like that's a draft pick at the deadline if you're not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because look, we. They got a six for him this year. If he puts up more points with the Bruins, it's a better draft pick next year. I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them start to do that. Pick up one-year deals, and if they don't work out, ship them off. Now Stafford's what thirty-one, I believe. I believe. So he's probably going to want a three-year deal. But also, if you look at it, Zarnik, if he continues to play, is going to get a little bit of a raise. Now out of Schaller, Morrow, Lyles. And Dominic Moore, who do you bring back? I I know what the answer is, but I still have to ask the question. If if you're gonna bring in um, Stafford next season, you definitely have to create room by getting rid of Riley Nash. And it's not okay, about wait. it's it's not about cap because yeah. Ry- Riley's only got nine hundred thousand for this season mm-hmm. and next. But it's now it's about a roster yep. spot. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, but, you, okay, just keep in mind that probably Dominic Moore won't be back next year. Um, yeah. Schaller's a restricted free agent, so the, the way Zarnik's playing, Kalharik's playing, Schaller probably and Moore both won't be back next year. It's looking yeah. like that, the way these kids are playing. But at the same time, Schaller is a guy that could maybe pick, be picked up at the, uh, the draft. Expansion draft. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I don't it's, think I've he seen will. a lot of mocks. Yeah, I, I see a lot of mocks, and it looks like Kevin Miller, Adam McQuaid, and and I can't believe I keep seeing this name, but Malcolm Subban are the names. Yeah. But can Malcolm Subban be picked even if he's in the AHL? Yes. Yeah. He's got three down. years. He's got three years in the AHL, and he's amassed enough games down there that he can be eligible. Yeah. Oh and God, I, we're gonna see some stupid trades being made. Yeah, like, and I've confirmed that Bolesky can be picked in the expansion draft. They do not have to be forced to protect him because of his limited no trade. Because it's only yeah. six teams, he can be left. Yeah, if it's limited, left they open, don't left have open. to. Yeah, correct. They don't have to protect, which is good because that could mean that the like Bolesky out of them players is probably the better pick for the points that he's put up in previous seasons. And his contract, because so, yeah. it gives more cap room, and then that could allow us to bring Stafford back for two years. Two to three years, yeah. no problem. Bolesky's taking. Because right now, you look at our at the expansion draft. You got Bergeron, Krejci, Pasta, Spooner, Marchand, Bacchus. There's six, so you got one spot open. Yeah. And then defense, Krupp, Chara, probably Colin Miller be the third. So you really only have one open spot of someone to protect. So you put in a guy like Zarnik because what happens if they take him? Yeah, be an interesting just... roster. It, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, I think there's going to be some stupid trades go out where 
where you see like Las Vegas get a second for future considerations, and then all of a sudden they pick someone like, um, is it Travis Morin from Dallas? Who's Travis Morin? Yeah, who's who's played games, but he's down in the AHL and will never be in the NHL ever again. Or you could probably see like my question is in the expansion draft. Can you pick up a guy like Mark Savard, even though he doesn't play anymore, and just take on his contract? No. No. It has to be a guy who's played. Right. So in the expansion draft, you, you, you accrue enough players through through the process. And if you're still under, now this is after the expansion draft, and you have until, uh, I believe, 48 hours before the season starts to be cap uh, compliant. Yeah. So... Um, if if they're not meeting the ceiling, they could make a deal with Arizona. Uh, where, where did he go? New Jersey? No, yeah. Flor- Florida. Somewhere. No, no, he went to New Jersey after Florida. Okay, all right. So he's with New Jersey. So they could ask for his salary if he was still, if he's still getting uh, paid afterwards. Yeah, but they can't pick him in the actual draft. No, no. Right. Because I was going to say, there's quite a few contracts out there like that that a few teams would like to see gone. Yeah. I mean just so. I mean we we talk about we talked about it in the past Rob about Arizona carrying Sean Pronger and um, oh. Pavel Daksuk. So I mean that's yeah. that's some uh, significant salary right there. Well, I mean Daksuk's off the book this year cause right. this is only one year left, but you got you got teams like Toronto that were holding on to like four players that don't even play anymore. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> one of them. Yeah. yeah. They they lead the NHL in money in their minor league system. Yeah, because there's something like isn't there like twenty three million of their cap is actually on players. That I'm not sure anymore. about the numbers, but I know it's high. Yeah, it is high. Yeah, because I know there's um, oh, Loophole doesn't play anymore, and then you've got Brooks like. Yeah, uh, it, that is just stupidity. But at the same time, I'm sure glad that Bruins aren't doing any of this like picking up contracts off people do you think that the bees are going to be players at the draft um depending on i mean malcolm like, subarn if they don't get anything yeah. from him at that point or the expansion draft he walks at free agency yeah you might well, get like a, a sixth seventh round pick for him but I don't think you get anything more at the draft. Right. The draft is where you're going to make your big trades. Like the, the Landeskog and Duchesne, everybody thinking that was going to happen at trade deadline was kind of yeah. making me laugh because those are the type of guys that get traded at the draft. You don't yeah, get traded at the deadline. Yep. Yeah. That's when those guys get played. When you when you see what's available at the draft and you're like, oh, I got nothing left. Might as well trade my pick. Yeah, but you it, you also see where the lottery puts teams. Yep. Why? Why trade for a pick that could become the four, like the fourteenth instead of the seventh? Like, right. just there's no point. You just wait until. This is why it frustrates me. Like you said, when you see like players like Deshane and Landeskog, and everyone thinks, oh, they're going to get the most money for him now. No, they're not because the further along trade deadline day goes, the prices start to drop because mm-hmm. teams panic that they're not going to get rid of them. So a player like that, you go to the draft and you go, oh, the player's not there anymore that you wanted. We'll take that first round pick. So, And the bees could be involved with that because we have so many stockpiled 
like prospects, you could give up a first round pick if there's no one there that you want. Yeah. So yeah, but as, I, I, as of right now, we're not the Bruins... going after one of them too. Sorry, Rob. Yeah. As of right now, the Bruins don't have a third and they don't have a fifth. Correct. So they could potentially make deals to fill those if if needed. Kevin Miller for a first round pick. <laughs> no. I can wish. Right. I think you're drunk, sir. Yeah. But the, at the same time, like, Kevin Miller is a, the type of guy who could go to a team and be solid on their bottom pairing sure. if they need him. And you but could he, probably get, like, a fifth-round pick for him. He he could probably... He, if McQuaid keeps playing the way he is, can't believe it. He played amazing last game. Um, it's I really think that it's either McQuaid or Miller that's going to Vegas. Yeah. So you just wait till wait. Everything's going to happen after the expansion draft. Once the expansion draft happens, then they're going to look at things. And unfortunately, the expansion draft is 24 hours after the NHL draft. I thought it was before. I thought it was before too. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's after. I was believe I was reading an article on Puck Daddy that the expansion draft was after. A Wyszynski article. Yeah. Wow. It's got to be true. I, I, I don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Pretty sure it's the day after. Are you googling it? I am 100. percent The NHL expansion draft will take place on June 18th. That's before. It is before. Yeah, because the the the, the, the this year's draft is is like the 26th, the weekend of the 26th or something like that. It's going to be. Yeah, more towards the the end of the month. That's crazy. Do do Las Vegas get the last pick in every round then? So they get the thirty first over like thirty first overall. The pick. NHL entry draft is yeah. on June twenty third. Okay. And the expansion draft is. Do you say the eighteenth? Yeah. Okay, so it is after. Wow, that's really close. It's really close. Holy crap, I didn't think it was that close. That'll be a fun few weeks. Um, I can't... Rob, your question... I, I can't find on capfriendly.com. Because they're not technically I, I, a franchise yet, but they can, they can make moves. No, they can yep. make moves. They can make moves for players that are not on active rosters right now. Right, um, they, they, they can do exactly what Rob said by trading draft picks to do stupid. That happens all the time. Right. Yeah. Con- future consideration. Yeah, like Phoenix could trade Datsuk to Las Vegas. Yeah. Because it's not playing, but they're not yeah. doing that. But they can. Yeah, it is stupid. Um, yeah. What I was asking before was, uh, will Las Vegas get the thirty-first overall pick this year? Doesn't and then that... the last pick in every single round. Is that the question you were saying? You yeah, find the answer that's what I was trying to find. That's yeah. I, I, th- I don't believe it's been decided what pick Vegas gets yet. Uh, they must do that. They can't. They can't place them in ahead of a team that have played this year. They must. Well, they, the they used pick. to get the. They, no, they. I no. They actually get put into. They get the. Put into the the lottery. And oh they, my god! They get drawn. Well, if you look at the way it used to be, the expansion team would get first overall. Yeah. 
Tempe Lightning took Roman Hammerlick. Uh, it, it's just the way it works. Can you uh, imagine if they get Nolan Patrick? Then they or, get Nolan Patrick. It's it's yeah. as everybody keeps saying it's a weekly draft. It, it happens. If the NHL in a perfect world, they'd want Vegas to get first overall. Well, so, yeah, it create a big story. Yeah, and it's not even that. The NHL needs Vegas to succeed. It's the first professional franchise in Las Vegas. It's a huge marketplace. The NHL needs this to work. So if they get first overall now in the lottery, everyone's calling that it's rigged. No, I, I really don't think so. If it was, say it was, you know, last year with Austin Matthews and so on and so forth, even though yeah. but it's like Toronto think it was rigged, um, they're not going to say that. Yeah. I, I found something on uh, draftsite.com. And they're yep. usually pretty good, but they have Vegas involved in their um, in their mock draft. So I'm I'm guessing yeah. that they're gonna they can know. get first overall. It can happen. Okay. That's weird. But oh, and to go back time. to the Leafs, it's Nathan Horton, Joffrey Lupal, Stefan Robada, still paying for Kessel's contract, and Jared Cowan and Tim Gleason. Ouch, that Tim is, Gleason. <laughs> Sorry, Brooks like. Milan Mahalik and Colin Greening as well. Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That is wow. crazy. It's oh my god, that's ridiculous. Twenty something. Well, Horton's five million. Jeffrey Lupo's yeah. five million. Robotas three. Likes three. Mahalik's three. Kessel's one point two. Oh my, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, all for <laughs> players that aren't even playing. It's unbelievable. That's awful. All right, boys. Oh, we didn't we didn't touch on the fact that um, there's been an update about Craig Cunningham. Oh, oh, good, good one, Rob. Um, yeah. uh, former Bruin Craig Cunningham, who spent a majority of his time in, with the Providence Bruins organization, um, was playing for the Arizona Coyotes um, farm system and got hurt back in the day, as many of you guys know. Uh, collapsed to the ice and um, sadly needed to have part of his leg removed um, as a life-saving procedure, which is just totally sad because Craig was a a stand-up guy and a good friend to many, many teammates. Um, But um, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but, um, but he... They said he was doing really good, and he was up walking on a prosthetic, which was um, positive improvement. Um, good for him and his family, and definitely continued thoughts to those to those guys because he's definitely going through a tough time right now. Yeah, that must really suck to lose your basically your entire life of hockey. Yep. Through that, um, yeah, it really sucks. I hope. I hope he can get involved in something like sledge hockey or anything to keep involved in sure. what's going on. Sure. But um, yeah, I, he was always one of those guys that I really liked when he was around the Bruins. Um, never heard a bad word about him. Right. Ever. So a tough kid was. I skill. hope he has a. Yeah, I hope he he has a speedy recovery and everything goes well for him. All right, so you guys want to call it a show? Sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. You can uh, catch us on uh, Apple iTunes. Please give us a rating and uh, um, compliment. Um, we're also on Google Play, Player FM, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. I cannot talk today. Um, must be all that hockey from yesterday. Yeah, it's all, I'm so sore. I can't even talk. It's ridiculous. But uh, thanks again. Uh, we uh, again. I'm I'm pumped to have um, Court along the t- with with the team, and um, good first episode. So, first of many. Yeah, there you go. I look forward first to it. First official episode. I've been on two. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, please check out our sponsor, um, Beast from the Northeast at northeastbeast.com and uh, put in black and gold promo code for 15% off and please go to blackandgoldhockeyblog.com and click on the Amazon banner next time you shop on the website to support the show and cut the costs of uh, the podcast and and website we would appreciate anything you guys can do Um, I'm on Twitter at Black and Gold two seven seven. Court is at Court Lalonde. Rob is at Rob Forty Bruins. And thank you very much again. We will be in touch next week. All right, boys. Have a good week. You too. for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.